Okay, so we just watched this trailer for this movie called M3GAN. <laughs> you said M3GAN. <laughs> yeah. Earlier. <laughs> oh, I thought it looked really stupid. We're going to link it so you can watch it yourself. You should watch it now before we talk about it because, boy, is it a bop. It's incredible. <laughs> I, I can't wait for this movie. First off, like right off the bat, I saw Allison Williams, and I'm still mad at her from pretty much everything I've ever seen her do. <laughs> Why? Because she's always awful. <laughs> but do you think she's a good actress? Yes, of course. But I'm mad at her from everything she's ever done. <laughs> Straight up. What, the three things I've seen her in are girls. Oh, what's that movie called when she's playing like the violin? Or perfection. perfection. The cello. The perfection. Whatever. And Get Out. Get Out. Yes. Yeah. Spoiler alert for Get Out. Sorry. <laughs> And I was like, oh, man, I'm really going to hate this. And then you see Megan. And oh, my God. She's so pretty. <laughs> She's so fucking <laughs> ridiculous. Okay, first off, first thing I saw, though, was it said from James Wan. So in a recent episode, we reviewed Orphan First Kill. And we talked about how a horror movie can be really ridiculous and campy and still be like, really enjoyable we had a very deep discussion about that and you should go listen well watch the orphan movies and then go listen and then come back yeah there's a lot of assignments here but uh yeah we have some really good discussions and this feels like it bleeds right into what we just talked about exactly because something that i brought up in reference to orphan was malignant which is also mm -hmm. fucking ridiculous it seems like it maybe took itself a little more serious than this movie does but only at face value. Once you actually start watching Malignant and like get through the end of it, you realize this is a crazy person. I have a genuine question for you, and this is not to poke fun at your interests. I this is this comes from the heart. I really do mean this, and I want you to answer as honestly as you can. Yeah. Do you think that movies like Malignant or Drag Me to Hell or M3 Gan? will stand the test of time. In 20, 30, 40 years from now, do you think they will still be well-regarded? See, it's hard to tell. I think because filmmakers like James Wan and Sam Raimi will be well-regarded, I think movies within their filmography will be at least remembered by people who liked them now. Right. I mean, I can't foresee how people's tastes are going to be 20 years from now. And whether or not they'll look back at this and think, what the absolute fuck were they on? That's kind of what I'm getting at is I, I wonder if these will become cult classics or if like or if these really will change the game. And this is the direction that horror is going. I just. Well, you know what? There are cult classics nowadays that I didn't see when they came out. And I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, even like Rocky Horror. Like, what the fuck is that movie? <laughs> True. I mean, I love it, but what the absolute fuck? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So a cult phenomenon, I feel like by definition means that, you know, some people aren't going to appreciate it. But I think also it comes with a connotation of like only a small subset of people enjoyed these. Whereas I think these movies were very well regarded. I feel like we're very successful when they came out. Am I wrong in that? Or I don't know for sure about Drag Me to Hell. I do know that Malignant was released day and date on... HBO Max, I believe, is part of the HBO Max deal that Warner Brothers did. Mm -hmm. Was it last year? Yeah, I guess. Their entire slate got released and date on HBO Max. So I don't think it did like 
particularly great, like in theaters, I can verify that. So Malignant's production budget was $40 million and it only made $33 million worldwide. Mm. Typically a movie needs to double its budget to break even right? because of the fact that it has garnered a cult following because it is that kind of movie. There's a very good possibility that it will continue to maybe play in theaters on special, you know what I mean? Like I would love to go see Malignant in theaters. Yeah. That's that kind of movie. You know what I, I mean? And I feel yeah. like it's the kind of movie you want to see with a big group of people and laugh at. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about that to bring up Megan. So when we see the doll, she kind of gets like weirder and weirder throughout the trailer. There's a point in time where she's like running, chasing this boy like a monkey. Like a feral animal, yes. Yeah. And then she starts dancing. Oh my God. And she's doing these like TikTok dances. So fierce. <laughs> I cannot fucking believe that this is in a trailer like some people are going to think that this is such a fucking disaster like there are going to be people who fucking hate this but like don't take it so seriously i mean i think maybe even this being in the trailer is a good thing because i think it lets people know up front maybe not to take it so seriously it sets expectations which is something that i also talked about when we talked orphan first kill where like malignant we didn't really get that it was going to be this campy. Uh, oh, when definitely we saw not. Trailers and stuff, but uh, yeah, I'm glad that we got that. And honestly, have you ever seen me this excited about a James Wan movie? No, never. But because they included that, I'm like, okay, I know what I'm going into. That doll looks fucking creepy, and I want to see it dance in the hallways and slit some throats. Like I'm, I'm so ready for it. I'm so excited for this movie. It comes out in January. I don't know. I feel like they missed a window here, but January a lot of times is where they put horror movies that they don't really have faith in but there have been (laughs) horror movies that do good business at the beginning of the year so i don't know people definitely consider january to be like the dumping ground of horror movies which is a shame but if a movie's like good then nowadays i feel like so many people you know will have the opportunity to watch it like on streaming and things like that later like it'll get seen if it has a decent reputation it will i don't know how it'll do in theaters but it'll eventually get seen which is good all that, all that, and we we have not even touched what we came here to talk about. Speaking of cult classics, we watched a film that is very near and dear to my heart. It is a revival of one of, actually, no, a revival of my favorite horror villain. I can say that with full confidence. We watched Hellraiser. We watched David Bruckner's Hellraiser. I'm just speechless. I just loved it so much. It was exactly what I wanted. It is exactly what I asked for. And then some. So you're coming to this as someone who has seen all of them, most of, if not all of them, right? Every single one I've seen. Yeah. So I'm so sorry. Uh, Whereas (laughs) I have seen the first one and maybe the second one. The first two are very good. I, I can say that the first two I really thoroughly enjoyed and I think they are fun, decent movies. The first one, especially, I don't know how they did some of the effects that they did, but it is they stand the test of time for sure. Like I, I don't see how yeah. they could have. It, like it seems all practical and it looks beautiful and horrific. Uh, the first one is worth the watch. The first one, it's really fucking great. I agree. I don't know. I don't know. I like this movie better than that movie. I don't know if it's a better movie than that movie. 
but it's a more enjoyable movie for me, and I think I know why. Practical effects are out the ass on that first movie. They are awesome. Mm-hmm. This movie has the ability to do both practical and special effects, and yeah. it looks fucking incredible. I think both deserve credit in different areas. Yeah. Uh, you know, the first one, you know, started a very big franchise safe to say that not a lot of them were very successful a lot of them were very terrible but this 2022 film i think took the original idea and took it in a direction that was a lot of fun it was also like you said very beautiful and it's from a director that i have just fallen so deeply in love with it's three for three for me at least all three of his films have been incredible will Nighthouse be out by the time this is out i would assume so maybe not though who knows <laughs> if not stay tuned for our Nighthouse episode Nighthouse is coming <laughs> yeah Nighthouse, the ritual and this one are just yeah they're just great i do think i will need to watch it a few more times I know, like, I, I still have, like, I forget what you call it. Is it Pacific Rim glasses or something? Yeah. Where you watch a movie and you're just awestruck by it and you don't really, you know. Best movie really, ever. Yeah. You can't really think of anything negative to say about it. I think I still have those those blinders on, but I just love Hellraiser. I think the Cenobite designs were incredible. I love that they expanded on those. I feel like it was a really good way of combining sort of the – is ethereal the right word where it's sort of like you're not really in heaven or hell you're in a different space entirely and just yeah like they they cover that a lot in the second one where it's you're sort of like is it hell is it a weird version of heaven is it purgatory what is it i feel like they pulled a lot from that which i really really love i hope that this did well because i would love to see more i want to see sequels from this i want to see riley again because she did a fucking phenomenal job i want to see everything that she was in it was just great it was just absolutely incredible i I just i just don't know what else to say about it it was just so good as a as a hellraiser fan i approve i'm very glad i have not a lot of background other than with that first movie i feel like you you tried to get me to watch certain ones and i don't know it's just like not interesting to me um whereas i feel like this one because of what they did with the different configurations of Mm -hmm. the puzzle yeah it turned something that i thought like i'll never truly be able to understand into something that i like totally get like there's just Mm -hmm. several different options once you get to the end you then can choose any of these different gifts choose your prize Yeah. yeah What tier do you want? (laughs) (laughs) It's like so simplistic, but also so like terrifying and beautiful. I love that that was what was going on with that guy. um, What was stuck in that guy's chest. First off, that is horrific. Like that shit looked so terrifying. I saw that and immediately thought of you. I was like, oh, this is Saw territory. This is a torture device. (laughs) And like he was talking about how his nerves and things like that were being Mm -hmm. um, moved around. As someone who's had pinched nerves, like even like (laughs) tapping a nerve makes you want to stop existing. And I cannot imagine the pain that somebody would go through not being able to die, but just having to do that. Yeah, I would fucking start killing people too. Let's get these motherfuckers back here. Let me talk to them again. (laughs) So Jamie Clayton, I really liked the idea that they didn't replace Doug Bradley 
like I know some of the later sequels did. They like yeah. took it in a different direction and mm-hmm. and, and used a trans actress. Like I did you know yeah. that she was trans? Yeah. It's so so incredible. She did such a good job. She's fantastic. Yeah. Just the performance, the way she stands, the breathiness of her voice. It's just like one of the scariest parts of Hellraiser is his voice. And the fact that they were able to capture her in a way that was equally as as terrifying. I like they just knocked it out of the park. And I I, like she just did such a good job. (laughs) Uh, See, I remember Pinhead's voice being like this and like this. I it's like so I like her voice better. Yeah. I don't even know how to explain it, but like she's like whispering in your ear. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing her voice in the trailer for the first time and being like taken aback. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> nightmarish. Yeah. I yeah. do not want to hear more of that. <laughs> but I, I loved it. It was such a great performance by her. I think everybody did a really good job. Some people were saying that the humans weren't that interesting, but I actually thought that each person had, you know, something kind of interesting to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody that like lasted, I was pretty impressed by their performances and they weren't just like typical cannon fodder. Yeah. I can understand where those reviews might be coming from. Like I'm kind of thinking about Nora specifically and it did really seem like because you need so many people to get to the different tiers of the puzzle box. So it I can understand someone feeling like maybe there was some throwaway characters there, but I I do like what they did with them. I I feel like towards the end of their lives, I think they were really interesting, like Nora getting trapped inside the walls and stuff. I thought that was really cool. Maybe her, but I thought her brother's boyfriend and then her yeah. boyfriend or friend or whatever Trevor, the guy she's yeah. sleeping with. Both of them, I really enjoyed them and I was rooting for somebody else to survive. You know what I mean? Like I was really hoping that somebody else would make it with her. <laughs> yeah. It would be a shame for them to not continue with something like this. It has a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is technically fresh. Mm-hmm. Is that critics score? Yeah, that's critics. 64% audience. And I wasn't I wasn't like holding my breath, but I, I remember the, like the last time I checked it, it was like at an 89%. So oh, wow. that was uh, many more critics have reviewed it since then. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense that typically those things kind of go down. But, you know, it's a disturbing, gross movie. And it's also, you know, a reimagining of a classic. So there are going to be people, people that are just comparing it to the original and don't enjoy it for that reason. Don't do that, though. It shouldn't be compared. I think it, it did a really good job of staying loyal to the source material, but also taking it in a direction that was really fun. I think that they went in to this trying to do something with not only like the special effects and the prosthetics and the horror, but also to maybe make the lore a little bit more accessible mm-hmm. because I think it had gone so far off the rails. Yeah, that's for damn sure. Yeah. It feels extremely accessible. My favorite part of this entire movie is the very end when you find out that I can't remember the names of the configurations. Like, obviously, I know Lament configuration. That's like the one that I always knew, right? Even before this, but I didn't know the other name. Yeah. But the one that means power. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> When they woke him up in like the white area, like, I don't know, it, it was like on their spaceship or some shit. Yes. I was like, oh my God, the, the power one means that they're going to turn him into a pseudobite. <laughs> that was the coolest fucking thing. That made me so happy. Like what a genius idea. What a genius, horrible gift. Mm-hmm. There is power in being a Cenobite, right? Mm-hmm. 
but there's also cost. Yeah, there's like an extreme cost to it. That was one of my favorite parts of the ending of this movie. It was a certain point where I realized like towards the beginning of the film when her brother died, I was like, there's no way that they can kill him off that quick. There's got to be some other way for her to bring him back. And throughout the film, they were building to that. She kind of realized like, I need to finish this so that I can bring him back. And there was that hope there. There was that like, like, oh, like I was fully expecting to see the brother again at some point. And then we see, uh, oh, fuck, I forget his name. Uh, Voight or Vaught or something. Yeah. I don't remember his first name, but like the rich, the rich guy at the very end that was, you know, pulling all the strings. Once we started being in that house for a bit and kind of getting a feel for how these monsters were working, I was like. This seems like a needful thing scenario where it's like, yeah, you get your wish granted, but it comes at like a cost kind of thing. Yes. And I was like, this is a great comparison. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know because it's like, so what was going through my mind was like, she could go one of two ways. She could either realize that what she wishes for is not going to be what she gets. And that would be really cool to see her brother come back as not him anymore. Like I would love to see how they dealt with that, how, how that wish would go wrong. But then there's also the other route where she realizes this as well. And she's like, that's not going to be my brother when he comes back. And when you realize that she makes that decision, it's so heartbreaking because she, like they said, she has to live with that guilt. Now she, she kind of chose that for the rest of her life and it's heartbreaking. And I like, it was, it was so devastating, and I just think that they treated that so well. Yeah. It was such a great ending. I think a less sophisticated movie would have just had her not have learned that lesson and be like, I want to bring him back or whatever. And then, yeah. then we would have gotten some like crazy zombie guy or something <laughs> silly. Or even just a happily ever after where she does get him back and he's normal. Like I'm, I'm looking back like I don't think I would have wanted that. Like I, I – I would definitely wouldn't want to wanted that. That is that seems like antithetical to the whole yeah. point of it. But like right. the only way that I walked away from this having like mad respect for her was that decision that she then made. Yeah. I know that her thing is like she has the lament one and mm-hmm. she she's gonna regret, but she shouldn't be filled with regret because she knows I feel like maybe the only thing that she could regret is that she couldn't have stopped it from happening all in the first place. Not that she didn't take that opportunity to bring him back. Yeah. I want to see what the other puzzle gifts do. Same. I want to see how they work. Yeah. I want to explore more of this lore. I want more Cenobites. I even like, I kind of want to see how her wish would have gone. Like if they, if she could resurrect someone, I want to see how they come back. Like I think yeah. that would be really, really dope. Again, I think I'm going to need to rewatch this. I can say now that I think that they treated the whole addiction part of her story pretty respectfully. I can't say that I was ever an addict, but I I hope that they did that well. I thought, you know, it was a pretty respectful way to go about it. I think I might have been expecting that to be a little bit more cliche than it actually wound up being. Yeah, yeah. But again, I've never been an addict either, so I don't necessarily like take a to that i don't know i don't know i say that because i think i fully expect each rewatch for me to like it a little bit less just you know seeing some things that i missed i i don't know i know you have mentioned it before but i would think it would be a lot of fun to do a full episode on this movie uh i would love to revisit some of the old movies that would make me so happy and i think that that could be fun if you're up for it
Yeah, maybe someday. No is a perfectly acceptable answer. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I want to do this movie, but you're talking about revisiting old ones. I'm like, Ugh. no, I mean, you don't have to, but like, I, I would take that yeah. just because I fucking love Pinhead and Hellraiser. But maybe in January, where the the horror movies go to die. Oh, I like that. <laughs> but don't hold us accountable to that because we will forget. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just. I loved it and I probably will always love it. I just want to see more and I and we can talk about, you know, how it did. And well, if it's on stream, that's another thing. Sorry, lots of thoughts here. I this was a movie that I would have killed to see in a theater. Yeah. And I even paused halfway through watching this to be like to ask you if this was ever going to be shown in theaters because if it was, I was stopping and I was buying tickets. I hope this is released in theaters someday because I would love to see it in a theater. I can see it being released with like special showings and things like that in the future, especially if if it gains a a cult following. Like I anticipate that it will. Other than like Jordan Peele, I don't think that there's any director that I know of that his only three movies he's ever made. I've loved all three of them. (laughs) There's a lot of people that like have only made a couple of movies that are new to this shit. The only other one I can think of is Muschietti maybe, but. I can only think of two that he's done. No, three, Mama, which, you know, I I know is not very well received. Well, I, I think I actually wound up liking Mama once I watched it with you. I enjoyed that movie. I fucking hated it the first time. I can understand why it got so much hate, but I enjoyed it. Okay, we've gone off the rails. We never do that. That's so weird. Just so excited about Hellraiser. You should be. Okay, bye.